Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special Ready to Unload, Fun Load, After Dark, or Tickle Me Fun Load. We're not quite sure what we're going to call it yet, but this is the inaugural podcast for Ready to Unload. Now, all of our shows are, of course, podcasts, but this is the first time we're just hanging out, just a couple of hours, letting it hang, you know, hanging, just the boys, boys in it, boys night out. And uh, we're going to do a little uh, true podcast in its truest form. And uh, we're going to do a couple of these as we see fit. Uh, You know, it's 11.30. The ladies are in bed. They're in bed for the night. They're tucked away. The children are asleep. So uh, we figured why not have a little fun and do uh, an extended fun load. So uh, without further ado, I am joined by, of course, the brilliant and tall Brian Calvi. Hi, Brian. Hi, in that order? Yes, brilliant and brilliantly tall. And, of course, Dr. E. Ray Stat, Dr. E. Ray Evan Raymond Eisenberg. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys? This is fun. Good, man. This is cool. Let's just do this. Uh, we're hanging out. Uh, we are, of course, uh, the Ready to Unload boys. And uh, tonight we, we thought we'd talk a little bit about a movie that we love very much. That I is very boy. I really hold that note for a long time, don't I? <laughs> I really, I really go after it. I'm like Elise Keaton in that one Family Ties episode. You're breaking the third wall here, Steve. I am breaking. <laughs> well, it's, it's look, after hours. It's look at me. I stay in character. Come on, Spanish. You're better than that. Uh, no, but you remember that one Family Ties where she goes into labor on the air? Yeah. With uh, Brian, who would later become Brian Bonsall. Do you remember that? Right. <laughs> Uh, and and she she's playing like on a pledge drive and she's playing guitar and she hits like he goes watch this I love when she hits this note <laughs> and she like her water breaks and she screams That's right. and the fat the fat plumber who's like fixing their roof is like oh she really nailed it <laughs> little did he know yeah by the way the guy who played the uh, the fat plumber in that is like a total eighties sitcom every guy. I can't picture him. Is that the guy with the mustache who was the uh, the guy in Friends who fixed the water heater? With the curly That's, hair? It, it's uh, No, it's but not Trigger. Not Trigger. Because that guy is a total 80s, 90s, yep. uh, all everyman. Yep, Trigger, I think his name is on Friends. Yep. Uh, no, it's like our, it's like Ernie Sabella or somebody like that. Why do I know that? Well, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, it's not really a show. It's a podcast. It's like hanging out. It's a show. Right? It's a show. show. It's it's just show about nothing, though. Well, we wow. just we you know the three of us like to get together and, and chat and talk, and we're just l- recording it this time. That's right. We're having a couple of beers. You know what I mean? We're hanging out. If you've got a beer, have one. Well, maybe not actually, because people might listen to this as a podcast and be as like, "They're driving, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're driving." <laughs> The worst advice ever given out on a podcast. Yeah, crack a beer. Officer, the RTU guy said I should crack a beer. (laughs) 
So, uh, Dr. E. Ray, Evan, what are, what are we talking about tonight? I know it's something near and dear to your heart. What's our topic? I've been pushing this hard for a long time. Uh, let's let's tackle the natural boys. Uh, what probably, you know, in my opinion, the greatest sports movie of all time. Um, is there any, you know, surprise on your guys' parts that I have taken notes? No, <laughs> not at all. I don't think you take a dump without taking notes. Yeah, I also I write down a you know a couple of key facts wherever I whenever I do anything like that. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I could see Dr. Ure having a schematic for uh, for heading to the bathroom. But, uh, no, we, we've done this a couple of times on uh, on Ready to Unload, fellas, where we've done the fun load. We have a, our fun load segment, and uh, we've talked like sports movies or whatever. And one of the first ones we did, right, was The Natural. That's right. And uh, so let's, let's uh, I want to jump right in. Uh, Cal, before we jump right into uh, Dr. E. Ray's notes, uh, always the producer. What? Yeah. It, give me. I know you don't do impressions, but give me some quick impressions of the natural. What do you? When I say the natural, what do you think of? I think iconic. That's the first word that comes to mind. Like Sandy Alderson described the Mets. Exactly. Wait, I'm sorry. I'll save it. I'll save it. For save people. it. Not, not, this is not the forum. <laughs> this is not the forum. I am. I am excited to get Dr. E. Ray in on this because. He's he's kind of taking his producer hat off tonight, and he's he's going to be one of us. Yeah, he's got a, his, he I took got his some... producer pants off. His pants, his hat. <laughs> Should I not be pantsless during this? Is that not acceptable? Oh no, oh, I no no pants are completely optional. That's, I thought that encouraged. was uh, required. That's encouraged, yeah. actually. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny, but when I when I went to set the show, you can set the maturity level on the show, and right. one one of the options is explicit. So I, I toyed with making this explicit since it's 1130. Were you thinking about going after dark? I was thinking. <laughs> like like Cinemax after dark? Up all night. Up all night. Yep. My, uh, notes, my notes don't cover that. Are we, have we changed the <laughs> format suddenly? It was my understanding that uh, this would be a clean show. Uh, we're shaking well, it up a little bit. Let me ask you yes, a question. Exactly. Uh, can yes. I get your first uh, recollections of seeing this movie, Sam Pete, Cal? Perfect. Steve, you go first. Uh, I actually saw this in the theater. Wow. Um, and my dad uh, took us to see it. I desperately wanted to see the movie. I was nine or ten years old. Ten years old, so, I think. This was 1984, yes. Yeah. Yep. I was ten years old. Of course, The Natural released in 1984, uh, directed by Barry Levinson, starring Robert Redford. Uh, but, um, and I, I saw it in the, in the theater, and I remember – the most vivid thing I remember about it is being somewhat embarrassed about wanting to see it in the theater because it had kissing. Oh, <laughs> Because wow. I knew it had kissing. I knew that I had seen, like, the trailer or something and seen, like, Glenn Close, and I knew it had kissing, and I was embarrassed by that. So, right. but my dad said, don't worry, it's a baseball movie. It, said, it wasn't okay. until the uh, the summer of 85 when you started being interested in women. <laughs> no, I, I mean you. I don't know if you had that with. I, I remember I had that with Return of the Jedi. That made me very. Oh, I mean uh, Empire Strikes Back. That made me extraordinarily uncomfortable when Han and Leia kiss. I was kind of covering my eyes. There, I was nine years old. Yeah, I didn't want to we see were all that. Pissed off that he wasn't. She wasn't kissing Luke until we found out they were brother and sister. Yes, and then some people in the South didn't really care about that. They were pissed uh, off. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, but I, I remember just I, – I meant more that like thinking it's like a, a girl movie. You know what I mean? Like not a baseball movie. Right. The Natural? No, no. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah. I, said, 
I said, I want to see it. And my dad assured me, because he knew the book, I guess, uh, that it was a, a baseball movie. And then I remember seeing it on a Sunday and uh, just being blown away. Just, I just vividly remember sitting in the – I think I started at the RKO. Right. The RKO Theater on uh, on Veterans Highway. Yeah, just, you're right. Yeah. Just blown away. Just It was just the greatest thing ever. I wanted to go home and make a bat. <laughs> so that's uh, – and I was a baseball-obsessed kid anyway. So that's my memory. Uh, Cal, how about your first? All right, well, my first memory, you've actually cleared it up for me because I was going to say that I saw it at the drive through that was over there. Remember, right. there was the RKO Theater in the front, the drive through in the back. Yes. So all, all all this time I'm thinking, oh, I, that was the movie. I saw that movie at the drive-thru. Turns out it was the Karate Kid that I saw at the drive-thru. <laughs> the drive-in. The drive-in. Yeah, I was, was going to say. The drive-in. You didn't just drive, you know, just quickly, like, go into the parking lot and then, all right, that was pretty good. I was... <laughs> that was a fast movie. There were commercials. Was... <laughs> you drive through for commercials. That was really good. That no, was a fast the, movie. The drive-in. Yeah. Yes. It's been so long that people don't even know what drive-ins are. Such a great experience to go to the drive-in. It was just incredible. Uh, try you should try growing up next to one. Yeah, sure. Or you know, across the street from one. I used to watch Star Wars every night from my uh, my roof. Oh yeah, right. I guess you could see that from there, huh? Yes, I grew up across the street from the drive-in, and my dad rigged up like the radio so that he could pick up the the audio from the movies. And every night, uh, my brother and I would go upstairs and watch Star Wars. Nice. That's why that's one of the myriad of reasons I'm obsessed with Star Wars and and there's that tattoo on my arm and all. Well, but uh <laughs> but uh I used to watch Star Wars every night. Thank God it wasn't like the Muppets movie or something. I know. You'd have <laughs> been a totally you'd have been a totally different person. I I have Ralph the piano playing dog on my leg, <laughs> which is like Steve really likes that movie. Just, uh, <laughs> we don't know why. That's- and I, I, that's a tough tattoo to get uh, laid with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that Ross, the piano oh, playing dog? Yes, yes, it is. Rolf. <laughs> Rolf, that's right. The Muppet so, Cal, did you, uh, did you see it in the theaters, Cal? So I, yeah, so I did. I, 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 I suppose I would have seen it at the RKO Theater also because I knew I was over there. Right. Um, so I saw it in the theater, loved it at first. And what I really remember is watching it about a hundred times on HBO when it came out the following year. Oh, you had HBO. Were you rich? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Evan had HBO too, right? Well, it's funny because I was just saying to myself, like, how did we watch movies back then? Because I mean, I'm watching HBO now and I can't find a, a movie that I, I'm interested in. And yet I feel like I saw The Natural a hundred times on TV. I don't know where. Back then they used to run like three or four movies over and over again. And good ones. Good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like. I really remember watching like anything that I picked up from the natural was during those hundred times that I watched it. I guess in the summer of '85, right when, when it was on cable. Okay, okay, that's that's that. And and now, Ev, did you see it in the theater? I, I don't think so. I I just I just don't remember how I first you know came across it. I just remember being obsessed with it at a very young age. And uh, it, of course, you know, we, we would be remiss. Now, let's be honest. Have you guys read the book? No. I read the, I read the book. You did read the book? Yes. Of course you did. Cal, you've not read the book. <laughs> I did not, I have not read the and book. It's, no. it's probably the only movie that surpasses the book. Would we not agree with that? It's, it's probably the only book I've ever read. <laughs> I, thought that's what, I thought that's what you were going to say. I was like, wow. 
He's a doctor, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it. I think it surpasses. It, you have to put the novel to me in context. I read it such a long time ago. We've talked about how long ago I've read it, right. and I really need to reread it. But you have to put the novel in context of what Bernard Malamud was trying to do. And he was like a really depressing guy, Bernard Malamud. And you know what he's trying to capture is the failure of this guy. Right. It's and a like, totally different movie. It's a totally different story. Yeah, it it's really like is. the disappointment of like this guy at the after the war and uh, or or uh, before World War Two and stuff like that. But Malamud wrote it after the war, and he was a really depressed guy. And it's like the American dream dies and. And through baseball, you know. Wow. I I just remember reading it and being really angry and being like, "This is not anything like the movie. This is ridiculous." Yeah. I just remember well, being upset about it. Before we get into your your notes, a couple of key differences, right? What, I mean, obviously, there's the biggest difference of all. You know, yeah. and spoiler spoiler alert. <laughs> do we have to, Do we have to do that? Yeah. yeah so the, the movie's been out for 25 years. Do we have to do that? <laughs> there could be one person out there who's like, God. Damn it! Right. Well, no, well, I haven't. I haven't read the book, so you might spoil the book for me. Oh, right. I'm about to spoil the book for you. Well, that's, <laughs> is that all right with you? Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to download the ebook and listen to it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, of course, the biggest uh, uh, difference between the book and the movie is that Roy Hobbs strikes out at the end of the book. Right. He he does not hit a three run home run to win the pennant. Wow. Did you know that, Cal? I didn't know that. Are we breaking new ground here? I didn't know that. Apparently. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. You didn't know that. I didn't know that piece of information. Uh, he strikes out at the end. He's accused of of throwing the, the game because he took the judge's money, right? Right. You never know if he struck out on purpose or if he struck out because of his his injury. That's interesting. In the, in the movie, he gave the money back. Right. But in the Not book... So- not so much. <laughs> wow. And, and of course, the last line: "Say it ain't so, Roy." Uh, which Shoeless Joe. Right. Malamud borrows from uh, which Shoeless Joe never said either. But, um, and that's a whole other podcast when we get into the nineteen nineteen White Sox. Oh, but the uh, eight and out podcast coming soon. <laughs> that's right. Stay tuned. We have to see but how this one rates. That's right. But that's the biggest difference, Cal. He strikes out at the end, and and this I, I have. Uh, we should bring this up. I have the special edition, the 25th anniversary director's cut of the which movie. We, which we we should point out that we treated it as a holiday. By the way, we took off work. I believe that's and correct. Came home and watched it. <laughs> that's correct. Evan and I took off work and went to my house and watched it. That's correct. Uh, it, it was a great day. Um, but Cal, it. Uh, you know, obviously the director's cut is a little more cohesive and tells a little bit of the tale, but there's also all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh-huh. And they said that the script bounced around forever. It was written by this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. Nobody could get the script right. And when Redford finally attached to it, he said, there, "There's no way we're letting him strike out at the end. There's no way. You, you can't." Now, I, I, Ev, refresh my memory. Did they shoot? The ending where he strikes out and tested it, tested it. I don't think they did. I don't think so. I think there was a version of the script, maybe, maybe even a shooting script where he strikes out, but they never shot it. Um, 
But that's the biggest difference. The other big difference, Cal, is probably that he's not the most savory character right now. Okay. You know, he's to me. I I don't know. Ev, would you agree? Like that's a big difference. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, Hobbs is is his. You know, he he takes the money. He likes the women. He likes the fame. Yeah, I mean, in in the movie, it's more of um, <clears throat> country boy gets taken advantage of, rather than than the book. It's you know, this kid's going going wild. You're having a great time. Well, let's be honest. That wouldn't that wouldn't have played well in Hollywood, obviously. <laughs> no. No. It's it's amazing though that the, you know the the natural is a really iconic book. Yeah. And iconic. There's that word again. <laughs> Sandy Alderson. And uh, <laughs> and they changed the end. And there's not too many books you could get away with doing that and and have it be successful. Right. You know, especially when the end is that is that big. So uh, of course the book. Now, Ev. Let's get right into it here. <laughs> okay. Tell me tell me your first biggest problem with the movie. The Natural, Robert Redford. You know, obviously we've gone over this a million times, but no one else has heard it. But my my biggest problem has always been, from the first time I ever watched it, Bump's death. Uh, Okay. It's just too convenient for me. And the manner in which he dies makes it comical. Uh, Now, you're going to argue here, of course. You have your reasons. But I I just never liked the fact that Hobbs steps up. And the next day, Bump crashes through a wall and dies. Well, let me ask you a question, Evan. Would you have preferred it if there was a, a an outline of his body in the wall <laughs> instead of just crashing through the wall and it's splintering? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. So, would that, yeah, would that have made it more plausible for you? Would you have felt better about that? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so, no. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I mean, but come on, though. Seriously, though. Uh, Cal, I know Steve's... A, we'll get to Sam Pete in a second. But, Cal, tell me the truth. You watched the movie a bunch of times. I just I just watched your, it about an hour ago also. And your, and your thoughts on Bump's death. Well, it, it, it was quick. I think it just <laughs> happened very, very quick. It, very quick. It, you know, I mean, over over time, in, in reality, it wasn't that quick. But in in the sense of the movie, it was maybe five minutes. Yeah. You know, and and it was a little a little unrealistic. I, I will give you that. It would have been I, more realistic to me had had Pop shot him because <laughs> he was thinking it. Don't tell me he wasn't. He was, oh no, he was mad. That's like the general hospital version of yeah of the natural. And Pop. plus, we, plus we were deprived of a Michael Madsen death scene. <laughs> we were deprived of a lot of. First of all. Well, all right, let's go back. I'm going to get into Bump's death in a second. But we have to talk about something crucial right off the bat. Now, we, we, we're all in agreement one of the reasons we're doing this tonight is because The Natural is, if not the best baseball movie, certainly our favorite, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's just go right off the bat with casting. It's incredible. Okay, the casting for this film is unreal. Uh-huh. I think I think it holds up to this day. I don't think you could have gotten anybody else for any one of those parts. Discuss. Richard Farnsworth plays a minor character. Red, right. Yeah. By the way, did you know Red's last name is Red Blow? Red Blow, yes. Uh, that's the worst name in history. It's Red the most Blow? fantastic name. <laughs> All right, Red is fine, but it's Coach Blow, really? Coach Blow. 
<laughs> yep. Go see Coach Blow. Isn't that Ron Washington? <laughs> hey, I'll be here all week. Yeah. Try your waitress. Tip the veal. Oh. Uh, no, I... Like uh, blow, he's, like he's, really? He's, B-L-O-W? Yes. Red blow, yes. <laughs> the casting is, is ridiculous. You got, uh, uh, you know, between Redford... The baseball scenes are, are good. I think they're very good. They yeah, shot it in uh, War Memorial Stadium up in Buffalo or whatever. Yep. Uh, the baseball scenes, I think, are they're not unbelievable, but they're pretty good. Right. And I think Redford makes a realistic Ted Williams-type character. I think his swing is solid. Right. I think when he goes in there that first time and uh, that for that first BP, when he finally is allowed to hit in batting practice, I don't know. Those swings look pretty good to me. It's perfect. It's a perfect casting job. I and mean, the swing, the throw, everything is perfect. Yeah. This is, well, you, you can't argue with Redford in any way here. No. Here's, here's where, here's where I'll, I'll argue, and not with Redford, but just with the believability factor of Robert Redford trying to play a 19-year-old. Yes. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's that was, problematic. That was tough. And may, maybe not so much Robert Redford, but Glenn Close trying to play a 19-year-old. Yeah. Both that was tough. You know, <laughs> Glenn Close shot from very far away. Well, that's true. I'm, I'm, but, I'm, I wonder why they didn't go with younger actors in that spot. Here's Well, here's what always got me. What always got me was the kid at the end who plays his son. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the kid at the end. That's his supposed- son? <laughs> Wait a minute. Bruce Willis is dead. Um, <laughs> the kid at the end, that's his son, looks so amazingly much like him. Yeah, but unfortunately, you can tell immediately why they did not use him for the early baseball scenes. One, he's a righty, and he but two, throw. he cannot throw. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> they start to have the catch, and every time I watch that scene when they start to have the catch, I cringe unbelievably. Yeah, when he throws the ball back to him, because and and they cut they cut back to Redford and Redford, Red, the look on Redford's face, aka Roy Hobbs's face, is, are we sure this is my kid? <laughs> like it's a big smile, but it's still. Uh, boy, I can't wait for I can't wait for paternity testing to come about. <laughs> I can't wait till they invent paternity testing. Uh, you beat me to that one. <laughs> but okay, so you got that. You got that casting. You got Wilford Brimley, who's perfect. Just you got Barbara Hershey. We got uh, Barbara. Now yep. stop, stop right there on Barbara oh, Hershey. Wow, well, Barbara Hershey appearing in both. The natural and Hoosiers. Yes. Is and you could you can make an thing. argument. <laughs> and a downer in both. And a downer yeah. in both. Well, she's a killer in one. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of a downer. She's just a spirit killer in the other one. That's oh, boy. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, I I think Barbara Hershey, it's interesting, too, because in the director's cut, if I remember correctly, there's uh, there was a lot of uh, concern about that casting about casting her as this sort of ingenue who's going to who's killing these professional athletes and could Barbara Hershey pull it off or whatever and of course Barry Levinson and all these guys you know oh she's just brilliant and you know all this jazz I think for the time uh, period you know, this is a, the 30s I think it works for the time period yeah you buy her as Harriet Bird I buy yeah, her I think so yeah now Basinger as uh, Kim Basinger as Memo Paris wow well done that's that's something fantastic. Scarlett Johansson today. I think we all agreed on that, right? Uh, yeah. In the remake, Scarlett it's Johansson. Possible. It's possible. 
Can we just have Scarlett Johansson as all the female parts? Was that no? I'd like Glenn Close today. Right. <laughs> Playing a nineteen-year-old. Playing a nineteen-year-old. Yeah. Now let me ask you guys. We we talked a, a little bit about Madsen, and we're going to get back to. But let yeah. me just to finish up on casting. Yeah, I want you to defend this on air. The, I will. <laughs> but we talked a little bit about Madsen. I have fallen in love with Madsen as Bump. But he plays took, the he plays the part perfectly. It took a long time for me though because, you know, I forgot about him being bump sort of, and then I saw Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> you know, and you have this whole different vision of Michael Madsen. I just watched it today. Really, Reservoir Dogs? Yep, absolutely. Really, with John? I, yeah, I taped it. <laughs> yeah, me and John watched it together. Happy Halloween, John. <laughs> <laughs> this part's awesome. He cuts his ear off, John. Pay attention. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, Michael Madsen cuts off a police officer's ear oh, in Reservoir Dogs. No, but I am I wrong? Is Madsen sort of like a – hasn't he become kind of like a, a – I don't know. I think of him in like Donnie Brasco and – Yeah, well, yeah, at this point. It took me a long time for for me to accept him in uh, as Bump in finality. You know what I mean? Like now I love him as Bump. But like 10 years ago, I was like, oh, why did they cast him as Bump? He's the guy in Reservoir Dogs. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I just um, – I thought for what the part was, he was so perfect for it and the fact that he was just that cocky kind of ball player that you despised a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny – the best thing about Bump is that he really is a great ball player and he just lost sight of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, no, that's true. If he that's... gets it back, we lose him. Well, but I mean I think that's – an interesting I think that's an interesting and here's why I don't have a problem with him crashing into the wall and dying. Uh one of the biggest reasons is that that could have happened back then. I mean they had they had a player killed on the field by a line drive. Uh I I believe I I I may be talking trash, but I believe there was a minor league player who uh or like a bush league player that got Killed running through a wall. Yeah, like, I, think I, I don't think on this. Yeah, I mean, right. I think, I, yeah. But my question for you, Sam Pete, though, defend this. You're telling me that the left fielder is so great that they can't both coexist on the same team? <laughs> Come on. So your problem is you want Hobbs in the lineup in right field. Yeah, I want Hobbs in the lineup and I want Bump in left. Come on, who's, you want, who's, you want who's out there? You want to move Bumper to left. That's exactly right. Is There's that no where, reason to kill him off. Is that where they put Joe Carboneau in left field? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> who, did he, who did he play in the, in the movie again? Who is Joe Carboneau in that? Oh, i got to look that up. All right, I'll look it up. I got the IMDB right here. I don't know who he's talking about. Joe Carboneau was the only Major League Baseball player that was in that movie. Oh, he's listed as additional knight here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, good, call. good call. He's, he's I remember got that. A, he's... Uh, no, he's got to be. Uh, I wonder who he is in that. Is he? Um, who's the guy that uh, when they were in Chicago? I can't remember his name. He, they stole. He stole third base. Bivens. No, he's not Bivens. Tommy Bivens. Not Tommy. What is it? Let's 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 just get tip of the cap, a doff of the cap, to how great these are as like '30s baseball names. <laughs> Tommy Bivens. Tommy Bivens. <laughs> Bump Bailey. Come on, are you kidding? Bartholomew um, Bump Bailey. Bartholomew Bump Bailey. No, but I have no problem with him dying. Also, Ev, you got to remember the book, right? Go back to the book. It's 
it's also and and I didn't mention this, but it's also uh based in mythology. Like he, he mentions Homer. Right. You know, he says, you know, did you ever read Homer and stuff like that? Malamud was trying to base it a lot in mythology and the hero's journey. And part of the hero's journey, you know, that guy uh, that's ahead of him uh, dies, <laughs> you know. But he also needs it. He also needs Bump to to be out of the way because somebody else has to take the money. Somebody else has to be bribed. Bump is being bribed to throw games. Uh, I don't know. Bump is no. on the payroll. <laughs> I, don't, I I I never had a problem with that. It 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 made sense to me. That right when he snapped out of it, he was taken from us too young on a great catch that almost was. <laughs> I, my, one of my favorites is the visual of the slow motion of him going through the wall and the, and the center fielder, you know, doing the wave. Waving at the, the manager right. to yeah. bring the trainers out or whatever. Always a great visual. Medic! All right, so you have a problem with Bump Bailey dying that way. I certainly do not. I think it sets up the the movie. And uh, also, wasn't uh, – Ev, weren't they in the book, Fresh My Memory, weren't they going to trade Bumper? I don't remember that. Like that's where that's where that line is in the movie, why don't you just trade me already and get it over with? They should have traded him to the Pirates. To the Pirates? How great would that have been if Pi- Bump comes back – with the Pirates, hit the two-run homer, and there you go. The two-run lead is from Bump. Well, that's what you always wanted. You always wanted them to trade Bump. That's right. I think you're soft on Bump, my friend. No, I just I thought it was too convenient. <laughs> I'm turning this into a political ad. Evan Eisenberg is soft on Bump Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that would have been great, though, to have him rediscover himself, you know, completely go nuts uh, with the, the team that eventually comes back for the pennant. Right, that's not bad. That's not bad. But I uh, remember though, he was, and I'm almost positive of this. He was in the book going to be traded because Pop suspected that he was uh, tanking games. Right. And so, and that's why. And Bump, I, if I remember correctly, Bump wants to be traded because he wants to stop uh, purposely failing. You know what I mean? He wants to be good, so he wants to be traded. But anyway, I have no problem with the bumper. Now, what else you got, Eric? All right, I'm going into the next big one here because this is the one that we recently have argued a lot about. Scotty Carlson. Yes. You know, the the chief scout, the head scout for the Knights. Um, My question for you both is... Knights Tony Bernardes. Tony Carlson is very clearly (laughs) on the payroll for the judge, correct? Yes. Okay. Scotty Carlson's role is to find, I guess, players that he thinks are uh, unreliable that may be able to help the team lose so the judge can gain control. That's right. So he Correct. suggests a 35-year-old player in Roy Hobbs um, that he saw play, I guess, with the Hebrew Oilers? The Hebrew uh, Oilers, that's right. For two weeks. If he saw him play at all, he clearly had to have noticed that Hobbs had talent, a lot of talent. He tore it up down there. So my question for you is, did Scotty Carlson secretly try to sabotage the judge by signing Hobbs hoping he'd play well? Or did he really believe that this player who was tearing up in the Oilers just because he was older uh, wouldn't perform? That's rough. Well, I, you, you think I, he was trying to think he was trying to sabotage it for uh, for Pop? Well, if, if uh, yes, that's my point. I mean, it, it is also known that Pop and uh, Scotty Carlson go go back a ways. 
Yes, that's correct. And that and that pop gave him full authority to sign anybody he wanted. That's true. This is all. It, it, see, I I I agree with you here. I I agree. I think Scotty Carlson's on the take, or, or uh, on the take from the judge, but. Right. Does the, does this as a solid – now – He's like a only, secret double agent. That's right. A he's like agent. Oliver. That's right. He's like Oliver from the Brady Bunch. That's right. <laughs> he's – the only problem with it, Ev, though, the only problem I have with it is that Carlson could have sent Hobbs there thinking he would never play him because Bump is there. So what's the why, – why sign him at all? That's my point. If so, you have a guy so that's Scotty, hitting home run after home run in the minors, why right. sign him at all? But Scotty's making it look like he's doing his job. Okay. To to Pop, so Pop doesn't realize he's on the take. He's got to sign players, right? Okay. He's got to still sign guys, but he figures he's a joke from nowhere. He's oh. an absolute nobody. I got a problem with it though, because why? Why just because he's older and unknown does it mean it's going to help the judge's cause? Is it just to sign somebody to keep his job? Yes, I don't, I don't that's that's what I think it is. I don't think he's actually signing Roy Hobbs to to play, because he like like Steve said, Bump is there, so Hobbs right. is not going to play. And right away you could tell, Bump, you know, Pop didn't want to play him. He wasn't going to play him. He even said it. I'm yeah, going to pay him, but I'm not going to play him. But how does Carson predict that he's never going to see him in batting practice and obviously see that this guy can hit? <laughs> Well, look, he gambled. All right, there's no way around it. No, but I like, you could also I like to think that he was, uh, you know, he was helping the cause out. But you could also say, Ev, maybe, you know, again, he was with the Hebrew Oilers for two weeks, right? So Scotty Carlson could have put anything in that scouting report. He could have, uh, yeah, he's a tremendous dancer as well. Uh, you know, he does. He saw him for two weeks. Maybe he hit a couple of home runs, and and so he put in the scouting report. He's a, a heck of a hitter. Maybe right. he was he injured al- those two weeks. He also knows how to lindy. But know, he was it, a heck of a hitter. Yes. Well, it turned out that way, yes. <laughs> my my biggest problem with that was always – was less and, – and it's a it's an awesome point, Ev. Like, I can't refute it. And I I like to think that the world is nice, too, and that Scotty Carlson was helping <laughs> pop out. But uh, but my my – Biggest problem there was always that thirty-four years old was old. Yeah, very old. Like, like how is it? You had Satchel Page pitch until he was fifty-nine. Not, not at that point though. But how is thirty-four old in nineteen thirty-nine? Lou Gehrig died when he was thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Way to bring the podcast out. Uh-huh. Well, the, but the, also the other problem, though, Steve, is that having a ball player play till they're 35 um, is not a big deal. But start playing at 30—that was the problem. Uh, that he's a 34-year-old rookie. He was a 35, 34, 35-year-old rookie. Let me ask right. you something: if, if 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 somebody signed a 34-year-old rookie now, right? Wouldn't wouldn't that raise eyebrows? Well, yeah, because we have the internet, and he have been scouted, and I've read about him on Mets blog, and. Oh. You know, his name is Chris Carter. Well, but the or, point, the point, know, Jesus Feliciano, who's 31 and didn't get a major league at bat till this year. Not to mention him being shot um, and a girl jumping out the window would have probably been on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Somebody would have known about that. Did you see Hobbs's YouTube video? <laughs> that guy's crazy. That guy's nuts. No, but I, I just, I thought that guys, there were player managers that were like 40, 
Like, what's the big deal? He's a 34-year-old rookie. You're you're the worst team in baseball. You know, you're you're a terrible team. What do you expect? I don't know. 35 years old and nobody had ever heard of him. I got to think that anybody who saw him play one game, if he played in that game, knew that that guy could hit the hell out of the ball. And uh, signing him (laughs) in some way could have uh, helped out. You know, on the team. I helped out their ball club. Why not sign the worst player on the team and fudge the report? Ah, I'm never going to be convinced of this. Well, because – but if he signs the worst player and the guy gets there, if he signs some scrub who can't hit or whatever and he gets there, Pop's going to know that he's right. He's tanking it on purpose. Pop's right. going to know That's he's sending him crap. I think Scotty Carlson is uh, a misunderstood genius. <laughs> I think he I think he, uh, he played the game the right way. In that he was taking money from the judge, but he also was trying to help pop out. I think I think he was playing both sides of the fence. I think he was playing uh, knock hockey. Yeah. Well, that's I, I guess we'll never know. We will never know, but it's a great point. What else you got, Eray? I got All a right, couple. I, of my, I'll give my you my last my last big one, basically. You know, uh, and by the way, let me point out, I love this movie, and clearly, uh, I'm insane, but I. Uh, <laughs> I've always had a problem with the ninth inning. All right. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this one to you. Um, so the first guy gets on, okay? There's a little bit of a rally going. The second guy hits a little ground ball. What, you know, I've always had a problem with the fact that that's an, there's an error that leads to that wacky ninth inning. You know what I mean? Throws it across the diamond. The guy tags him. You know, he makes an error, makes the play. Tags him, and the guy knocks the ball out of his hands. It's just a little too comical for me. I don't know. Well, it's a movie. I know. <laughs> you know what? What about every every home run he hits has to either uh, shatter lights <laughs> or a clock or come in a driving thunderstorm? Touche. I have I <laughs> I have absolutely no problem with that. Yeah, I know. But, but I'm not playing small ball in the knife. That I have a problem with. <laughs> No, you think about it, though. That would have been the ideal place to play small ball, right? That would have been. And by the way, here's the other one, too, which has been talked about. I'm not breaking any new ground, but about that ninth inning. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many days he's been in the hospital. I'm walking Hobbs there. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat this team. You know, I just, I just beat this team to force the one-game playoff, right? It, they beat him three games to force the one-game playoff. Okay, there is no one on that team that can beat me. Yeah, but Steve, nope. I mean, you you saw earlier on in the movie, he they nobody can walk him either. He just he hits home runs even when they try to intentionally walk him. Well, I'm giving them the most uh, exaggerated intentional walk in the history of baseball at that time. I'm throwing it to the dugout. Like the catcher's over at third base. That's right. I'm having the I'm having the catcher stand in the opposing dugout. Or hit him. Just hit him. Or just or just I'm drilling him. Pitch one. Drilling him. Right in the then maybe then maybe I get a double bonus. I'm trying to put a fastball on his stomach. By the way, was was John, young John Rhodes a rookie? He had to be. Yeah. So you're telling I, me you're bringing a rookie a in that spot? You're bringing been, a rookie to fake face Hobbs? Uh, but they said he's been great down the stretch for the Pirates. So he wasn't like called up yesterday. He had been they really really good down the stretch. They didn't have sabermetrics back then. <laughs> That's right. What was his war? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, but I'm telling you right now, I'm walking Hobbs there. There's no, I'm pitching to McGee or whoever's on deck. Uh, 
there's no way I am pitching to Roy Hobbs there. No way. There's oh, no one oh, on, the, else on that team that's going to hit three Kirk. home runs. So you got right. the uh, the cleanup hitter next. Right. I don't care. I don't care if if they had home run <laughs> Baker up next. <laughs> I don't, I don't, nobody is hitting a three. Nobody is hitting a, a grand slam there. No one. The whammer he, would have hit a grand slam. That's right. The I whammer. mean, clearly after he fouls one off that nearly you know nearly left the stadium. That's uh, it. You're I'm telling me right, right then and there you should be walking him. <laughs> I'm going Girardi. I mean, you I'm, putting the four, I'm putting the four fingers up. I mean, Hobbs either strikes out or hits a home run. That's it. <laughs> right. So you, you got to think there that he's you know he's got it back. I I totally agree, and I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm putting the four fingers up. I'm giving him a Girardi free pass. I don't care if I'm putting the winning run on first base. He can't run anyway. What are you going to do? Pinch run for Hobbs there? What if the game goes to extra innings? Papa get killed. I always love how Hobbs never didn't even take a warm up swing with the with the new bat. No, no need. This avoid special. Yeah. That's, uh, now, now, did you ever have a problem? Now, the the kid who plays the Bat Boy is I, wonderful. He's wonderful. He's just so great, and I still to this day use. Do you think you could teach me how to make a bat like that? <laughs> <laughs> do you think you could teach me to make one of those bats? But the great story in the, in the book, he says, "No, take a hike, kid." <laughs> <laughs> I got some dames to hang out with. I got. Some, I got some Phillies Sinatra all of a sudden. Right, I got some Phillies to chat up. Me and me and Homer Bailey are gonna Homer Bailey. <laughs> Evan and I have a theory that Homer Bailey is pitching in the wrong era. To <laughs> name like that, he should have been in the thirties. He should have been in the twenties, thirties, and forties. And and anytime you we say his name for a highlight, it has to be said in that like thirties, like Homer Bailey pitched today. <laughs> oh, he's a wing dinger. I saw Homer Bailey dance the night away at the Copa. And he sure was swell. <laughs> he left with a young lady. Homer Bailey shoots the moon with a young lady at the Copacabana Club. <laughs> uh, we've decided Homer Bailey is pitching 75 years too late. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. But uh, the kid is uh, was a local hire. He was from Buffalo. Really? Yeah, and they they still didn't have the kid yet or whatever, but... You were uh, trained at the Juilliard School of Acting? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, though, Ev and Cal. Did you guys ever try to do the hat thing that he does? Of course. Oh, many times. Right? Where you blow on your finger? Okay, cool. I, I got to teach Patrick how to do that. And my, I have a nine-year-old, about to be nine-year-old nephew, and I want to teach him how to do that. Who could totally play him in the remake? That's correct. Patrick could oh, totally play Oh, my God. Play. Perfect. Are these... Are, 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 okay. So these are all legitimate problems. Let me. So what do you What me, do you got? Well, hold on. Before I just real quick on on the bat. Yeah, side. Cal. Did 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 either of you have any problem whatsoever that this superstar player, his best friend, was a twelve year old retarded bat boy? Oh, that's not necessary. <laughs> you left out. You left out heavy set. <laughs> he was. He didn't relate to the team. He was a. Uh, you know, he's an older gentleman. But every time you I, saw him, I mean, in in the in the beer. Spraying celebration. There's the Bat Boy, hanging out with Roy Hobbs. I didn't have a problem with that. I, I, he's odd. <clears throat> he's great with kids. Yeah. He's he was not great with adults. He is great with kids. That's you know that's actually a very good point. That was, was not. That's great part of his adults. character. Yes. Being great. The with- the other thing uh, too is that uh, you see the fatherly. That's he's being 
he's being a father figure to the kid. See, again, it's full circle. That's true. Hobbs lost his father. Now he's being a father figure to that kid. And then eventually he'll have his unathletic son. To be a father. <laughs> his, his tremendously disappointing son to be a father figure too. Coach, um, coach him in basketball because he can't throw. Maybe soccer. What do you think? Uh, could be. What do you think of soccer? Um, all right, I got a couple of things. There are there are baseball uh, things that I've always had. Um, as far as like I said, like I just said, like playing small ball in the ninth. There, would you not have, uh, you know, tried to uh, walk Hobbs, or would you not have had somebody bunting for a hit? Or well, there were two outs, right? You know. Yeah. Well, I was thinking. Yeah. I was yeah. Obviously, you're not going to have Hobbs bunt there, but. No. I'm walking Hobbs anytime he comes to the plate. That's me. Jake Taylor right. bunted in that spot. That's, That's true. right. <laughs> After pointing to the uh, stance and calling his shot Ruthian style. Right. Yes, he did. That's a hell of an idea, Jake. Um, and, and Charlie Sheen is coked up with <laughs> prostitutes <laughs> and also pitched in that game. So uh, good for Charlie Sheen. Um, by the way, that I mean, it's can a great they stop? We're going to have to get to that one, too. Yeah. Can they stop following Charlie Sheen around, though? I mean, really? Is any of this surprising? Yeah, but would would you – if you were TMZ, why would you stop following him around? I I know. I know. But why do we care? They're they're like the Joel Sherman of of, uh, Hollywood reporting, (laughs) the lazy reporting. It's just so – right, exactly. Like we're going to put somebody on Charlie Sheen all the time because he's bound to do something stupid. I don't know. I just anyway. Got to be the got to be the easiest gig in that business. <laughs> That's right. Oh, let me get yeah. Sheen, please, please. Let me Charlie have Sheen. Sheen correspondent. <laughs> it's right up there with the low hand correspondent. Like you're you're striking yeah. gold on you a regular basis every night. You're not and going you, home unhappy. <laughs> you never have to work for it. You never have to work for it. <laughs> now I uh, I want to bring up a, a character that is near and dear to my heart uh, that I think could not have been played by any other actor. But I wanted to ask you guys about his involvement in everything, and that's the syndicated sports writer Max Mercy. Now, the biggest problem I have probably had with that movie over the course of my 275 viewings of it is that he doesn't remember Hobbs. Well, it's it's 16 years. I feel like if a Kid struck out the whammer on three pitches. Mm. Baseball is such a mm. mythical game. Right. That if some kid, and he did a story on it, or he started to do a story on him. Drew a picture of him. Right. He drew the picture. He put Roy Hobbs. And Sam Simpson, his, his scout, dies. You know, gets drunk and never gives uh, Sam the story, or Max Red, the story. Red nose. Right. <laughs> Mind your business, Red Nose, and play ball. <laughs> he gets drunk and never gives him the story on the train that night where I get shot the next day. I, 16 years or not, he's got to remember that. Playing a different well, position. He's got to remember it earlier. As soon as he hears his name, he's got to remember. He struck out Babe Ruth, a.k.a. the Whammer, a.k.a. Joe Don Baker. Uh, I, I have to agree with you on that. On three pitches. Yeah. The, guy, the guy didn't age. In 16 years. I think we've established that. <laughs> it was also the same actor. He looks exactly <laughs> the same. 
No, seriously, that always bothered me. How does Max not recognize him? Recognize the name. It's a, it's one of the greatest names in well, literature. You know, I'll tell you, you would have believed that more had they used a younger, different actor in that spot. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Just for your own imagination. But everything else yes. is right. You know, he swung out the whammer, struck out the whammer. He should have remembered that incident. But right. for some reason, because it's the same person uh, in the movie, it, it's hard to believe. Right. I, I've always had a problem. And I think Mercy is is one of the – and probably because I love Duval so much. But he's one of the interest, more interesting characters in the movie because which side of the fence is he playing? At the end of the day, all he cares about is himself. That's right. right. And his story, but he's helping Gus, uh, Gus Sands. He's helping the judge, you know, because he's probably you know being paid to write articles or whatever. You but, know? He, but I mean, he established that right in the beginning when he he dropped the whammer like a bad habit as soon as he struck out. Right, exactly. You he's know? going with he's going where the story is. Right. And like he says, you know, win or lose, you're going to make me a heck of a story. It doesn't make a difference. You know, if you take yourself back to that time of of history. Yeah, sixteen years for a sports writer. You got to think there's a lot of hard living going on during those sixteen years. <laughs> Great point. Great point. So I was just saying, thinking the same thing. Right? So you think he he boozed it away? He might not have remembered him at first. But and first also there there might have been a lot of other scandals and big stories that he broke in in the time period. That's right. Now, he was uh, the guy. You know what? You know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a hole directly in that. Okay, so you take a sports writer from that time, right? What do those guys do? They all talk to each other, right? right? They all talk to each other and tell stories. You're telling me he hasn't told the Roy Hobbs story 500,000 times? You think that one's good. I once went to a a country fair, county fair, with with the whammer, and some kid named Roy Hobbs struck him out on three pitches. And then Unless. and then Roy Hobbs becomes Sid Finch, and he becomes an urban legend that nobody believes. Nobody's seen him after let that. Let me throw a theory at you here. He comes back. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. He worked out some sort of arrangement with the Whammer to bury it. What do you think of that? Whammer had a lot of power. Wow. <laughs> but who had the motive? <laughs> That's not bad. No, it's possible. It's possible. That's not bad. About it, that, um, you know, the whammer said, listen, you know, I'll make it worth your while. I'll just bury the story. And then when Hobbs never came of anything, it was easy for him to just bury it. Right. Forget it. But how does I, I just how does that that moment not become so, some sort of sports writing urban legend? You're right. It's a good point. You know, it's a real good point. I've always had a problem with that. I, but I, but I had no problem with Bobby Duvall. I'll tell you that much. He was great. Let me see if this – Cal, one sec. Let me see if this – Tell me, can you guys hear this? No. No, you don't hear it? No. Is that okay. the world's smallest violin playing just for, for the whammer? <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, we're mixing Reservoir – you did see Reservoir Dogs today, apparently. Yeah, I did. Uh, the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. <laughs> uh, Cal, let me get your uh, your take on something, too. Now we talked a little bit. We were talking a little bit before about uh, like the baseball play in the movie. Yeah. Do you think if they? I've always wondered this. Like if they re, if they remade this movie, I think even though they could make the baseball look better, it's it's fine the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's absolutely fine the way it is. They could just just visually make it better just based on current technology. I mean, it had such an old feel, though. I feel like the new technology would make it, would not capture that old feel that the, that the movie did. The old right. movie did. 
and and uh, the movie I was going to liken it to, guys, is sixty one. Because sixty one looks fake to me. Right, it, th- that's exactly right. Like I'm saying, if you remade it today, yeah. that's what sixty. That's what the natural would look like. And to me, even though the baseball is quote unquote improved, it's yeah. not better. And sixty. I mean, sixty one was a great movie, but you're right; it did look fake, and that was always distracting as you're watching it. See, but you know what? The baseball didn't look bad to me in sixty one. What looked bad to me was the stadium. The stadium, yeah, which was CG. Right. right. You know, he. But uh, the, the home run also, the all the actual footage, you know, when he was hitting home runs, a lot of that was CG also. Yeah, well, yeah, there was CG of the ball going out yep, and stuff exactly. like that. And that was yeah. so noticeable to me. Can we Now, we we had talked about recasting The Natural. Would you oh, give Barry Pepper a, a nod? In The does Natural? Barry, does Barry Pepper get a call for the remake of The Natural? For Hobbs? I don't think yeah. he's handsome enough. Wow. <laughs> that sounded awfully shady. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of podcast. Well, he's yeah. not a hockey player, so. After but you know what? This is a good spot to bring up uh, Pop Fisher here. I mean, Wilford Brimley as Pop Fisher was, uh, I mean, could have been the best casting in the movie. It could, absolutely. He was good. <laughs> That's it, Cal. That's all you good. got. He was solid. He was good. I I happen I happen to like Red as his right hand man a little bit better. I thought he played a, a just a brilliant part. The two can't, of them together are perfect. Can't spell it, but it eats real good. Can't spell it, but it it eats real good. They they are, and and what, back in the day, and and maybe I just don't know this. Was every manager or assistant manager seventy years older or older? That's correct. <laughs> every single one in, of them. They had been in the game for fifty years. Yeah, like, and, and the, I, I think that's I think that's the rule. Every single but one I, of them. I also feel like, though, that his – Wilford Brimley's and, – and this is on the DVD of the director's cut where he talks about that scene. And Barry Levinson talks about directing him in, in the you know the great introduction scene uh, where he's ranting about you know losing to the Pirates. Right. Uh, and you know trying to direct Wilford Brimley and Wilford Brimley just kind of being like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> You know, like, it, Levins is like, you're trying to give Wilford Brimley a note, and Wilford Brimley's like, yeah, not so much. I, 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 and then, like, looking at him like, don't say a word. You Just know, go sit down, kid. I got this. That, that is, to me, that is one of the most quotable. Uh, I use it all the time. Uh, that opening scene with, uh, with Wilford Brimley, when you first meet Wilford Brimley in the night. In the dugout? In the dugout, it's yeah. it's just it's tremendous. But you know, you know every we, one of his speeches in the movie is is so classic. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I you know my mom always you know said I ought to be a farmer. That whole thing. Yeah. Small hotel, right. singing the song in the so dugout. Small right. hotel. With the whistle. If I had you. Uh, <laughs> we still, you know. I, I'll, Playing baseball, I know you guys playing softball or baseball or whatever. Like, major league gets quoted all the time, right? Right. Um, you, when a new guy comes to play for our team, we know like what we have. If he's a young guy, he'll quote. I don't know. He won't quote major league. That's for sure. We, we know the guys like our age <laughs> if he quotes like major league or the natural. But you could tell when somebody quotes the natural, like that's you have an immediate kinship with them. Yeah, you right. could tell that that guy's a ball player. Right, that guy's a ball player, and it's it's 
<laughs> just so many of them are from that initial pop scene. <laughs> Red, don't you think after all the years I spent in the game, I could get a decent drink of water? Did you talk to that snake partner of mine about the drinking fountain? But you can't. It's not even acting. It's not acting. Right. No. It's he is Pop Fisher. Yeah. It's perfect. By the way, how did um how did Glenn Close's character Iris, I guess is her name? Mm-hmm. Iris. How, yeah. She's from Chicago, correct? Yeah, Chicago. How did she get tickets to the biggest game of the year in New York? <laughs> you know, she works as a wait. She's a waitress, right, or something. <laughs> How she she's taking her son from Chicago to New York, which probably wasn't a cheap trip, you know, trip back then. By train, she scores fantastic tickets. By the way, on the lower level. Yeah. Now clearly a scalper. There's got to be a <laughs> right. There's no StubHub. There is no StubHub. I mean, that's outside the stadium. Who, who needs two? Who needs two? I got two. I got two. See the natural. Bag of peanuts. Roy Hobbs. See the natural. I got two. Hold my belly on the mouth for the pirates. I got, I got two. Lower lows. Yes, they are real, ma'am. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I have no idea how she gets tickets to the biggest game. Two, two, tickets, two tickets and easy access, access to the dugout. Right. <laughs> you can pass notes to the dugout very easily as well. Well, let's start. what's on the note? Let's ask. You should get yourself checked out by a doctor. I may have some sort of genital problem. <laughs> had to go there, didn't you? Yeah, had to I, go there. I had to. What's on the note? Come on. Tell me what's on. All right, give me the realistic version and then give me the funny version. <laughs> well, it's obvious it's his son. Right. Correct. Right, but uh, no, I want to know verbiage though. Is she does she come right out and say it? Does she say, "Remember that baseball glove that was on the uh, couch in my living?" I mean, does she get poetic about it? Does she? Uh... I think I think it says, "I'm sorry, I'm not athletic," <laughs> and you'll find out soon enough. She says, "You owe me about 16 years worth of alimony." <laughs> right, this boy's gonna cost you plenty, Hobbs. <laughs> my son can't throw because you were never there. <laughs> right. That's right. I, I I I always wondered though on that note if she like beat around the bush or if she was like, uh, it's your son. Go hit a home run and uh, let's get out of here. I think I just got mugged. All right. Realistically, what what did it say? What do you think? Realistically, I think it says he's your son. I I think she alluded to the. You know, she alluded to the, the baseball glove that he saw. Right. And said, you remember that baseball glove? And I said, it's my son's. And, well, it's your son's, too. I Which, it, maybe I got a little creative there. <laughs> she, might have, she might have painted a little picture. Like, remember that starry night in the barn? <laughs> we shared a moment. <laughs> well. She might have painted that picture. She, she might have drew a picture for him. She might have. <laughs> she drew a picture of the son and him and said, see the resemblance? It was a couple of stick figures. All right, let me ask another question. Do they go do they go on to win the World Series? Who cares? Pop's got the team. Hobbs no, Hobbs didn't play in it, of course. That's right. That was his last game. Right. Now, uh, all right. So you think it doesn't make a difference, but if you had to guess, you'd say they got trampled. I think they got trampled. All right, Cal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think they lost. All right, let me let me get a, a a favorite moment, Cal State Fullerton. Favorite moment. You have a favorite line. 
see, the, uh, mine, ch- mine changed. When I was a kid, it was always my dad wanted me to be a baseball player. Right. That was, you know, and well, you're the best hitter I've ever seen, and but, you know, go suit up. You're the best goddamn damn hitter I ever saw. So, suit up. Suit but up. my favorite line as a kid was always. Uh, either that one or either uh, when I walk down the street, people say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was in this game, which, of course, was from Ted Williams, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, based on Ted Williams, right. Who wasn't alive at the time Roy Hobbs was. Well, he was alive, but he wasn't playing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Well, no. Go back. He was alive, but. He was alive, right. but he wasn't really Ted Williams yet. At In 1939? Sure he was. Was he? Yeah. It was before it was before the war. Teddy ball game. I guess he was. I'm punching him up. Doctor E Ray, I got you. His he's a rookie in thirty nine. Okay, so he wasn't how really fun, how funny is that? That's Good job. Funny. I think you got lucky, Cal. I didn't get lucky. He's a rookie. Nineteen thirty nine, he's twenty years old, he plays in hundred and forty nine games. Mm-hmm. He hits <laughs> he was so good. At age 20, he hits 327 with 31 home runs and 145 RBIs, 131 runs scored, 44 doubles, 11 triples. So he was pretty only, good. And only, and only 64 strikeouts in 677 plate appearances. Gee, it was the live ball era. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's what I'm going with. Goodness. Uh, one of these days, we're going to have to do a podcast where we just go over baseball reference and throw out a guy's name. <laughs> Spew stats the entire time. And, but, and just marvel at, at what these guys do. Right. Because you're looking at Ted Williams' stats, they're absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he, he, he is quite possibly the best hitter that ever lived. Unbelievable. His average season... In 19 seasons, his average 162-game average was 344 with a 482 on-base percentage, a 634 slugging, and a 1.1116 or a 1.116 OPS. Um, unreal. With 30, 37 home runs, 130 RBIs, 188 hits, 127 runs scored. I don't care. He's no DiMaggio. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Frances. So no. So anyway, going back to favorite lines, right? Uh, favorite, I, I can't. I can't think of a favorite line. But now mine has changed. Mine so what, is. Did you ever play ball, Max? That's that. That's the crucible moment to me in the movie. Did you ever play ball, Max? Did you ever play ball, Max? No, I can't say that I have. Can't say that I have. But I make it a heck of a lot more fun to watch by making or breaking the likes of you. And and that's tonight, right. whether you're a hero or a goat, you're going to make me a great story. And all at all at once, to me, you see why Hobbs would never take the money and throw the game, right? Because he because he loves the game too much. And why, and why Max Percy is on? Are you all right, Evan? Yeah, we're okay. I I know it's after midnight, but <laughs> please, we don't let it all hang out, Ev. You've heard the song, <laughs> a modicum of self-respect. <laughs> are you, you trying to do like? Are you trying to do like Steven Tyler things, like throwing the mic from hand to hand? <laughs> do you have a whole bunch of scarves tied to the microphone? I'm doing the Bob Nelson routine here. <laughs> oh, sassafras. 
That's so my my I, It's funny because when I think of the natural, I can't think of you know like just one line. It always turns into a speech, like uh, right. you know, Red and Red and uh, Roy Hobbs sit at the table, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, or, which well, is an, talk, extended, an, uh, an extended scene in the director's cut. Right. The, I got I'll throw you the director's cut next time I see you, Cal. Yeah, I got uh, to see that. It's fantastic. It really is great for all those natural fans out there. It's, it's, a, it's a must have. And it, there's a great explanation. Remember, Ev, we, when we saw it, we were going crazy. Uh, there's a great explanation where they're getting their shoes shined further about the World Series and Pop's deal and why Pop took the deal and uh, the financial troubles that he was in and why he had to take the deal. And um, There's a lot more on that in the director's cut. You know what's weird? At that point... At that point that you just referenced, Stephen, that point in the movie, how how long has Roy Hobbs been on the team? Twenty minutes. <laughs> well, movie, movie time, right? <laughs> yet, yet when he's summoned to the judge, he's all, all he's going to lay his life down on the line for Pop. Right. It just it seemed weird that <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were referring to the fact that Red has known Roy for 15 minutes and he's told him the whole thing about <laughs> Pop and the team. Well, that's wow, you guys you guys really hit it off. They get the shoe shine, they're eating dinner. But I like the way I like the way Cal's going with this though. You know, he really really becomes a big fan of Pop after like 30 seconds, especially since Pop had him on the bench for about 3 oh, weeks. And Pop hates him. Pop hates him for three weeks, but as soon as he starts hitting, Pop loves him, and I'll all of a sudden, Roy Hobbs is the Pop. biggest Pop Fisher fan on the planet. Right. Not to mention, uh, uh, Roy is dating uh, Pop's <laughs> niece, right? Who who uh, bumps ba- uh, bumps body is not even cold. Yeah. <laughs> and Roy's all over that one, and uh, and he thinks that she's a jinx. So it's really going well. Yeah, some family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, I love her. I, I just think she's a ridiculous jinx. <laughs> but I, I love her desperately. Can I ask you a question? What does she do? She's she, she, she like the secretary for the team. She's she's there for every game. What does she do for a living? If Pop was so concerned, why didn't he just say, listen, honey, it's the 1930s. You know, I, I could tell you to stay home. You know, what, what's the deal? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you to stay home. But I mean, seriously, though, if she's such a jinx, why does she have full access to the team? She, she doesn't every do anything. Well, and she's she and she's just the niece. Where is uh, Pop's brother or sister? <laughs> that is her fa- her father or mother. That's it right. Just, the whole thing could have been solved by Pop saying, "Okay, team rule number ten here: no dating my niece. Done." <laughs> not only now, I know she's a fine looking piece of tail, but she's bad luck, gentlemen. <laughs> bad juju. Stay away. I want you to stay away from it. Uh... I uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's never quite explained where where uh, Pop's brother is, <laughs> or his sister. You don't know who his sister. That's who her mother really stepped. is. Never don't get me wrong. Look, she's a she's a jinx. She's a mush. She <laughs> she's not a good person. I think don't, here's what don't I don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love her. <laughs> I think knowing what we know about genetics, it's safe to assume that it was Pop's sister, and that his, she was a jinx, and her husband's dead. <laughs> That's true. That's, that. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Boy, you, <laughs> you you nailed that one. And it, and and she had to be a niece by marriage, because right. the genes don't really come from pop. 
Right. She looks, she looks a lot like. No, she looks a lot like Pop. Yeah. What? With, with, with the mustache. Wait, she wait, resembles what? Pop. <laughs> wait, what? Has that ever been stated in history that Wilfred Brimley had a resemblance to Kim Basinger? No. I see it. You're right. I do see it now. Separated at birth. <laughs> Let me ask you, if Kim Basinger, so I mean, if you're Roy Hobbs, it's been a rough 16 years. Oh yeah. I, I'm sorry. There's you're, no doubt. And Kim Basinger is starting to throw it at you. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I pop or no pop. Let's get back to this point, though, why he is willing to completely throw away his career <laughs> for Pop Fisher. Yeah. So quick, there's, there's got to be a reason. Right. There's got to uh, talk to me. What would be a reason? I, I don't know. I think he probably at that, at that, at that point. Think about where where we are in the movie, though. At that exact point. Yeah. He's really just come at, just started playing regularly. Right. That's true. It's very possible that just the whole red story kind of, you know, he, he never really hated Pop. He understood it, you know, felt understood the pressure he was under. I guess. I don't know. I, I maybe he's trying to right a wrong. You know, like he the things were so wrong for him and he wants to do the right thing and be a good person. I don't know. He really dislikes the judge quickly. Uh, he clearly, he clearly can, can tell right away. You know, who's right and wrong. You know, judging by his experience on the train. He has real good, he has real good instincts. Um, He's a real good judge of character. Yeah, real good yeah. judge of character. Right. Mysterious woman can't... talking cryptically on train. Let's go back to her hotel. How did you find me? Uh, I followed you to the hotel. Uh, it's so funny you're staying at this hotel. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come on in, hang out. Well, let, let me, me come. Let me come over <laughs> immediately. When he walked in on Barbara Hershey, wasn't she in the dark? No, oh, it's it's, it's, it's daylight. daytime. Oh, it was daylight. That's right. It's daytime, but she has uh, she was a black for a funeral. Right, she has right. a black she had a gown, veil, and she pulls a black veil down. All right, and so, he's like, he, and he's like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, and, and Red, Redford's uh, expression can only be described, described as amused. He's he's interested. What's going on? Right, here? I'll tell you what, Chicago oh. is this a wacky town? <laughs> is he amused or bemused at that point? I think this, this, this Chai Town is some wackadoodle town. I'll tell you that much. Oh, we we can't skip over this, by the way. This is also what forty eight hours after he just left his childhood sweetheart after deflowering her and basically proclaiming his love, you know, we're going to wait for each other, blah, blah, blah. 48 hours later, and he's jumping into the, uh, into the sack with another woman or, or prepared to. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send for you, he says, which I think should, I think should come back as a, as a phrase from men to women. <laughs> I'm going to send for you. I'm going to send for you. I want to send for you. When did he plan on doing that? Was that before or after he, uh, Never mind. Who's he, he, had he his, sending? He had his way with Barbara Hershey. It was, yeah. it was shortly thereafter. He was going to be like, you know what? You should come here. It is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this, Chicago is a wide open town, man. I am having a good time. I'd yeah, like to introduce talk. you to someone. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, let's uh, uh, let's think about wrapping this up in a couple of ways here. If there was anything uh, we could change about the natural. Is there anything you would change about the movie? Other than the things you have mentioned, is there something that you would change? I didn't like when um, when Pop was pinch hitting for Bump. Bump wasn't even on deck when he was going out to, to hit. I didn't like that. 
He was walking out of the dugout and he pulled him back. Wouldn't right. he have already been out there on deck? Should have already been out on deck. Excellent call. Hmm. It was excellent call. It's a good call, <laughs> but it, it is also bump, and he's very, uh, you know, he's a prima donna at that point. In that movie, he's a, he is a prima donna. That's true. He's yeah. a mouthy prima donna. Uh, I I would I would change. Uh, I'm sorry, Cal. I I would change what Evan said. I would I would have uh, Bivens get on in the in the bottom of the ninth. And then I would have the next guy get a clean base hit to left. See there, there you go. I, I would have him get a clean base hit to left, and you got first and second, two outs, Hobbs up. Would have yeah. built a rally too. Right, exactly. I I want to see a clean hit there. Right. You know. Uh, and then uh, how about how about her standing up for the home run in Chicago? Has there not been a moment in your life where you've wanted, where you've been yeah. playing a sport, you've wanted somebody to stand up and do that? That's fantastic. You know, it's funny that you mention her because in the final scene, it always bothered me that she hands the note in the dugout, right, and mm-hmm. never goes back to her seat. No, she, she stands. stands she watches the rest of the rest of the game in the uh, in the in the hallway, basically. You know, the and her 16 year old son, who, who's not from New York, uh, is sitting by himself. <laughs> for the greatest ending of sports history, and she's sitting there clapping to herself. Well, he was probably drawing or something. I mean, he probably wasn't interested <laughs> he wasn't in the game. Interested in the game. <laughs> what is this game? This is, this is interesting. He was probably doing a crossword puzzle or okay. something. Okay. A Sudoku. Boring. Uh, she, states, she states that he was uh, a big fan of Roy Hobbs, if you remember. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> Too bad he'll never play like Roy Hobbs. I would change that to a base hit. And uh, but other than that, I mean, other than that, I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it's uh, uh, the, <laughs> there's so many lines that come to my head. Like when the there's so many moments with the Mets <laughs> that have happened over the last two years where I have said the line. That's kind of a bad play right there. <laughs> where the two guys get picked off. Like he has the guy stealing second, and then the guy on second goes back to second. And they both get tagged out, and Red turns to him, Pop, and says, "That's kind of a bad play right there." <laughs> or, or when I mean, they, uh, you have a rookie up, and it's uh, well, welcome to the big leagues, Mister Hobbs. Right. Okay. Well, now that's an interesting note that Cal probably doesn't know, uh, uh, yes. but you you do, Ev, and that is uh, on the director's cut. Cal, we've always done that announcer. That announcer right. is great, right? From that oh, movie. Oh, I know what you're going to say here, but go ahead. Yeah, the announcer is actually Barry Levinson. Right. The director, because they could not find, uh, he could not find anybody to do it in time, and it was they were getting down to final cut, and so he said, you know, screw it, I'll just go in and do it myself. Did he have anybody in mind that he wanted to do it, or no? I think he he says in the director's cut, and I don't really remember, but he says in the director's cut he was imitating somebody from his youth, like a because he's from Baltimore, it was like a Baltimore uh, famous announcer, so he was trying to kind of do him. Uh huh. Uh, with the goodbye, Mr. Spaulding, and stuff like that. But right. uh, how many times? I've I've done those lines uh, eight trillion times. Great eight trillion times. Yeah. Yep. It's like it's like euchre, but like it's like euchre in major league, but like I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's so freaking good. That and the uh, the throwback to the pitcher when it hits Fowler in the back is just you know <laughs> that to me is the utmost in ineptitude and it almost it happened last week in uh was it the nlcs um it was or the alcs 
There was a ball thrown back to in the, the pitcher. In the NLCS, it was in the it was in the Phillies. It was with Sanchez, and he wasn't looking because right. he he hit Utley and then Utley threw the ball back at him. No, no, there was another one. There was one in the in the ALCS with one of the Rangers pitchers where he wasn't looking, and the catcher threw the ball back to him and like hit him in the chest. Mm. And it was I I immediately thought of Fowler getting hit in the back <laughs> and throwing his hands like all all annoyed. Oh, so freaking good! No, it's right. not. I had, I had the, I have the um, advantage of having just watched this earlier this evening. Yes. So it's all like the the little details are very fresh in my mind. Did you guys notice throughout the movie, the stirrups on the knights' uniforms kept changing colors? Hmm. I did not notice that. Okay. Early on in the movie, they're royal blue, like Mets blue. And then at some point in the movie they become navy blue like they the Yankees, navy. right? But then they go back. But then they go back to royal for one of the practices, the practice where where Hobbs uh, throws the throws the pitch. That might have been something back then. I have no idea if they did that. Possibly. Yeah, but they were. But and I and I made sure to watch. It was the same. It wasn't like a home and away uniform. It was the same home uniform. Right. So it was really yeah. So it was interesting. So a little mistake. Little continuity, that was a continuity uh, problem. Yeah. Well, if we're if we're talking about that kind of thing, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the it's Gary Shandling show, and the greatest. Now, of oh. course, the natural the natural's been spoofed everywhere. The greatest natural parody ever, though. But the greatest natural parody ever had to be it's Gary Shandling show and the natural episode, where he uh, he plays ping pong. Ping pong player. And he's the natural for ping pong. Right. You saw that one, Cal, right? I did see that, yeah. And what is the name of his uh, his ping oh, pong? Oh, um... Paddell. <laughs> He's got <a> paddle. Paddell. <laughs> paddle. Paddle etched into it. I would I would love to see that again. Any uh, any idea where we could get that? Uh, let's see. Yeah. The Internet's a pretty popular uh, <laughs> tool. Uh, oh, I, I was going to bring out my, uh, my yellow pages. Thanks, Cal. <laughs> Maybe the you local library's got some sort of archive footage. Something on microfiche. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks thanks to Pantload there, Cal. Oh, I appreciate you, that. You only get a half an hour in the room, though. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have a surprise for you guys. Ready? I can only play 30 seconds of it. You ready? Nice. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, there it is. that 30 seconds? Okay. <laughs> I, I will and say that, that that has always been the greatest uh, music to any uh, sports movie I've ever had, I've ever seen. Yeah. It just you, gets me going. I, I think of uh, Chariots of Fire and the Chariots of Fire theme song, but uh, really I was going to mention this. Like, how good is Randy Newman's theme? And... Uh, it's the when you think of the movie, that's another thing you think of. Like that, the, it, would that movie have been as good without Randy Newman's theme, without the theme from The Natural? I don't think it is. I don't think when he hits that home run, it's as iconic a film moment if that music is not playing underneath it. And and how crazy the music that Randy Newman went on to write in his career <laughs> after, he had, after that. No, but he had written the short people's before that. Was it? Yeah, short people was before that. Oh, definitely. I love L.A. is not. 
he's had an interesting career that, that Randy Newman. Yeah, he's an interesting cat that Randy Newman. Yeah, he certainly is. But uh I think the the music makes it iconic. All right, well uh let's let's wrap this up, boys. What do we what let's, do we think? Let's wrap it up with one quick uh little statement here. Give me your best guess on Hobbs's numbers for the season. Oh, yes. For the season? Yep, for the season. Now remember, he came into the season what what did we figure a quarter of the way in or half the way in? I I have always thought he came in at like what, 40 games, 45 yeah, games, maybe a little uh, bit longer. Let's say he was around for 100 games. Okay. That's fair. They only played 154 then. Right. right so that that makes sense. 100 games. 100 games. 100 games. Wow. It might, it might be easier to guess how many strikeouts he has. <laughs> well, how long was he with Memo? Yeah, well, he slumped <laughs> big time in the middle of the season. Right. Well, he was, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet that, that I actually did count it, count the home runs. That's you, correct. Did you really? I went through the entire movie. I counted the home I had a lot of free time uh, at some point in my life. I think it was medical school. Oh, nice. Yeah. I shouldn't probably mention that. But uh, <laughs> I did actually count the home runs. I have no idea what it, what the number was, but... I think we – what did we figure the line was? I thought I thought we had it at like 36. Yeah. I thought we had it – I thought it was under 40. Which in a 100-game season is, is monstrous. Back but, yeah. But I guarantee he batted under 300. No way. Oh, I disagree. He he had probably – I mean, let's – let's. What, what do you think the stretch for Memo's dating period was? How how many games was that? I'm saying Six it's – uh, No. I think it's more oh, than I that. Think you're, I think you're crazy. I think it's less than that. I less think it's a month. Weeks? I think it's a month he's with. He's, you they, you 30, know, they, would you say 30 games? Tops. Wait a minute. A month is that much less than six weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you were so outraged? I, I, I was outraged. I will not allow this to go on. So let's, say, right, it was, right, let's say it was 30 games with her. So now you're talking to 70 ridiculous games, 30 horrible games. Right. I, mean, I, I, I think he hit probably 400 when he wasn't with her. I think he was hitting like 445 when he wasn't. Yeah, with I mean like crazy <laughs> numbers. I mean, I really do. He basically says he does whatever he wants. He hits, gets hit every game. So I think. Right. Yeah, that's true. Probably. Don't had... forget the night. Right, the night he meets Memo, he has the Roy Hobbs doubleheader, three for right. three in the first, four for five in the second. And he does he does that every day. Right. So yeah, I think he's probably somewhere around 340 at the end of the season. I think he finishes at 346, 41 home runs, 110 knocked in. That's, that's like a crazy that? season. And his war is plus seven. <laughs> Actually, his war, he, he, they were they were probably, let's say he played 100 games and they were 10 and, what do you, what do you put them at? Maybe 15 and 39, say? Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're literally 24 right. games under 500. So his war his war would have been like plus twenty six. Yeah, I mean, there's no, yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. I'm gonna need Paul. I'm gonna need Paul D. Podesta to figure out his war for me. <laughs> I'm gonna need a sabermetician to figure out his war. So that's where I'm putting his numbers, Cal. Well, you, Cal, you're putting him at like what two eighty five? Well, no, you, you bring up a good point with the with the Roy Hobbs doubleheader. So he he probably did bat well over three hundred. Right, <laughs> Cal has his numbers as like Kingman esque. <laughs> That's what I thought of at first, but he did he did get hits. Two thirty five, forty six home runs, eighty six <laughs> RBIs. He was like uh, a Jack Cust from an earlier time. <laughs> Jack wow, Cust, you are. 
Jack Custis is another good 30s baseball name. Jack Cust. Yeah. That is good. Eh, who's pitching today? Jack Cust. <laughs> oh, Jackie? Jackie's a good ball player. We got Cust versus Homer Bailey. <laughs> Cust is on the bump against Homer Bailey, facing Bump Bailey. <laughs> We're lousy with him. Lousy with Bailey's. Uh, all right, boys. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this little shindig, shall we? Yes. Yes, we do that with the music. Well, this has been really fun. We should do this again sometime. I absolutely agree. And he Ray, what do you think? Yes. I think all next right. time we have to tackle Major League. I think it's time. I got a lot to say on it. Yeah, no challenges. I I know where exactly I put up. We got about that. Excellent. Well, uh, uh, Dr. E-Ray, take us home. Finish it up. Well, I think uh, it's safe to say that Roy Hobbs probably went uh, 340, I'd say 39 home runs, 108 RBIs, struck out 210 times. (laughs) Cal, uh, if you could uh, be any player in the National, who would you be? If I could be any player... Yeah, I think not, I'd, not Roy Hobbs, though. I think I'd be Bump Bailey. Aw, that's sad. Terrible count. The crash uh, I would be Bivens. <laughs> I love Tom. I love Tommy Bivens. I would be Youngberry. <laughs> All right, well, uh, folks, I uh, hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Say goodnight to the people, Gracie. That means you say goodnight to the people, Gracie. That's the joke. Oh right, that's me. Yeah. We'll see we'll see everybody on Tuesday night for a regular ready to unload with Callan Sampete and Dr. Mayfield. It's a trap. <laughs> Good night everybody. <laughs>